Welcome to the Vici Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. So actually, it's interesting. We're taking a stab at a podcast with uh, just the two of us, Austin and myself, Ken White, Director of Youth Ministry, because uh, Anthony, sadly, is away today, this morning, so we're very much missing his presence and his technical prowess with the sound equipment. (laughs) But we are going to give a shot at a conversation between us. Um, Thank God for post-production. Hopefully we can we can clean up our our foolishness as we try to record this on our own without without his help yeah yeah we'll see we'll kind of let you guys be the judge you'll probably want anthony back and as much (laughs) as we do (laughs) so i thought excuse me today reflecting on the idea of how busy our culture is because we had that podcast recently about uh, silence and the need for silence and i think one of the greatest distractions is the busyness, the general to-do that we are kind of expected to do from our culture, but also that we put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to do all of these things today, or else I have not succeeded at life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, isn't that the truth? To-do lists, man, they're the bane of my existence. Right, and and there's so many, I mean... If you listen to any kind of productivity apps or read anything about that, uh, podcasts on productivity, it's all like, what is the latest management technique of tasks? Can make right? us more like, productive and efficient. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And there's, <laughs> there's so many amazing technological apps out there for keeping track of tasks. Yes. But it's just burdensome trying to learn that management set and then you get overwhelmed by your tasks. And it's almost like each of these promises to be a nirvana Hmm. to a problem. That's just a problem. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, the newest management of task app is not going to solve the problem of our busyness of the task itself of the task itself. And you know, what's funny is it usually just creates more tasks, right? (laughs) <laughs> and that's why I think it's so funny sometimes when we when there are these methods that come out that are the the basic philosophy is do the task like, like basically don't manage anything just do the task that you need to do right yeah. and not waste time trying to put it all together and make sense of it all now I'm not trying to knock organizing your tasks and doing that in the best way that you can at work or at home. I mean, there's so much that we have to keep track of these days that there is a need for some kind of system. But I, but I think sometimes we can get so obsessed. I don't know if you agree. Oh man, it's so ironic. Like we, we, uh, we come up with all these tools or I'll find tools that are like, man, this, this process is taking me a while. I want to find something that kind of streamlines it or makes it better. Right. And so you go online and you can just now Google search like, um, task management software. Boom. Okay. There it is. Here's some great tools. You watch a couple of videos. You're like, this is it. This is the solution. And they claim <laughs> like your life, you're going to have so much more time. And I'm like, oh, thank God, I'm going to have more time finally. Maybe I can breathe a little. You start implementing this new tool, like, sweet, I've got all this time now because I've got this new tool that's making my life so much easier. You put it into place, and then what do you do with the so-called extra time that you have? You fill it with other tasks, you know, it's right. like, okay, all this time that I have, and now what do I need? I need another tool to make those new tasks that I've now piled on myself because I have more time to do more. And then <laughs> yeah. you end up with all these crazy tools, and that's why there's such a huge market for it. 
I mean, like Silicon Valley is like filled with products that help you to create more time, and yet we never have more time. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's like being a hamster on on one of those you know wheels, right? You're, you're like just, a crazy person. <laughs> you're just running around, running around. Okay, I've finally achieved it. I've I have more efficiency. I have more time now. I fill it with more stuff and more tasks to do. Yes. Um, and my problem tends to be is when I try a lot of these systems they work for a time but then something comes up in the project that doesn't fit within the system that's been created right and now i just feel lost because (laughs) this system no longer works for my yeah you know and my brain works differently than a system yes right and it's going to be in different places at different times and organized in different ways so sometimes for me like no system or my own system is better than it's true. It's productivity, but it doesn't get, solutions. It doesn't fix the task. That's, no, that's the task is us. still there. <laughs> Busyness is still in front of us. And I just this is one of my favorite quotes from Matthew Kelly's book, The Rhythm of Life, which is basically his, um, I would say, kind of his thesis uh, on like everything that he does. Mm-hmm. This this book is sort of the foundation. Of every other book, um, so I highly, highly recommend it as a starting point. There are other Matthew Kelly books that I that I really like as far as focusing on spirituality or evangelization, and this one is more just about living a life. Really, it says here on the on the cover, living every day with passion and purpose. Nice. It was kind of his original when he started uh, speaking and traveling around. His original concept. Yeah, I haven't read that one yet. I've read a couple of his other ones. Um, had some articles and stuff on his website, but I've not I've not read that one, but I've heard great things about it. Yeah, yeah, and it's it is I, I go back to it quite often just to kind of remind myself of sort of the the essentials of living well. And he has this line that I I just love. He's talking about the busyness, right? What are we too busy doing? The the title of the chapter is Too Busy Doing What? Hmm. And he says, It begs the question, doesn't it? What are we all too busy doing? For the most part, we are too busy doing just about everything that means just about nothing (laughs) to just about nobody, just about anywhere, and will mean even less to anyone a hundred years from now. That's really interesting. Read that again. That was good. Yeah. So what are we all too busy doing? For the most part, we are too busy doing just about everything that means just about nothing to just about nobody, just about anywhere, and will mean even less to anyone a hundred years from now. Nice. And that just, I mean, it's such a punch to the gut. It is. <laughs> I think about that sometimes. I think about like uh, stuff that other people are doing. Like every now and then I'll be driving down the road and I'll look look at a car beside me. And you can tell, like you can see stress on people's faces sometimes, you know? Yeah. And and you'll see somebody driving and they look stressed out. That's probably me that you saw. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, can stress face you transform into a different animal. That's but, right. Uh, but you'll see it on people, and it's like you know, golly, that person looks like they got a lot going on. You know, and then you think about it, and it's like, yeah, but like none of that affects me. I mean, in in kind of a bigger way, it. it we're all the body of Christ. And so it it does kind of affect you, but it's like everything that they're stressed out about is like so far removed from like, from my existence. 
And furthermore, the things that I'm stressed about are so far removed from their existence. Mm-hmm. It's just funny. It's like, you know, what are they, what are you so stressed out about? You're just driving down the road. Like, oh, well, what am I so stressed out about? I'm just driving down the road. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and the things that I like, the things that, that I get stressed out about are like, okay, I'm really busy and I have to do it, are typically, typically have to do with deadlines that I've placed upon myself. Right. And in uh, our tasks that that I've kind of created or whole things that that I think are important and should be done, um, and so then I make a whole set of things. Okay, this needs to be done so that we can have X Y Z result, and so I, I've got to do these, and I'm going to put it on a timeline so I get it done. And now that timeline is uh, that deadline is approaching, and the stress and anxiety levels are increasing, and so I become busier and busier trying to reach this goal that I've set for myself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think oftentimes too, it's expectations that others place, at least I find on me, right? So the emails come in, the texts come in, the whatever, whatever it is, some kind of message that now has become something that needs to be accomplished or, or answered for someone. And then I place that expectation that it has to be done immediately. Right, because mm-hmm. that's our culture. I, I'm not blaming any person who would text me or email me or need an immediate response. It's the it's it's sort of how our culture is wired. I think with the immediacy of messages, we don't have to take out a piece of paper, write out exactly what we're going to say, maybe rewrite it because it was poorly written that first time, and then put the address on the envelope, put a stamp on it, and wait for the mail to take three to four days to get it to the person, right? Instead, it's simply a quick text that gets sent or an email that gets sent, which on the one hand is very useful and helpful, but on the other hand creates a set of expectations that that I think everyone finds a certain difficulty in meeting. I mean, there are very few people that I know that don't at some point not respond to an email or text when they know they need to because it's just overwhelming right and i i mean i'm the first to say i'm 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 not great at it right <laughs> like there are people that are really amazing that they respond right away um and they're good at keeping up in that way that's not that that's a struggle of mine so pray for me on that but <laughs> but the reality is there's that expectation that's set there um right. by our culture not by any one individual that then we have those things added to the busyness that we've, the expectations we've put on ourselves. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, gosh, take this morning, for example, right? So I sent this text to Ken last night. We kind of talked about this podcast. And I sent this text to him at like nine o'clock. And, you know, should I be bothering Ken at his house at nine o'clock? No, but I did it anyway. It's like, hey, Ken, <laughs> uh, are you still up for podcasting tomorrow morning at 830? And, you know, send a topic idea. And I uh, didn't hear anything um, right away. was like, okay, you know, he'll probably get back to me later tomorrow morning or something. Went to bed, woke up, sitting there eating breakfast. And I'm like, man, I got to leave soon. But I haven't heard from Ken. I don't know if we're actually going to podcast or if I can stay at home for a few more minutes. And uh, so I just pick up the phone. I call him. I'm like, hey, bud, I sent you a text last night. Are you, uh, are you up for podcasting? He's like, yeah, yeah, man, I'm good. We're good to go. Like, okay, great. I hang up. And then I look at my phone and realize like, oh, he had responded late last night. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't even check. (laughs) But it's that expectation that, you know, gosh, he has not responded to me on my timeline when I wanted him to. And so I'm going to be indignant and call him. Well, I texted him at a terrible time, but I have an expectation that he will respond, you know, within or that you will respond within my uh, within my timeline. Right. Right? So it's an expectation that I've placed on you 
you know, and an expectation that I've placed on myself that this is how we're supposed to communicate when we want things. Yeah. And on, on the flip side of that, like, well, first of all, I was confused because I thought, why, why is, I thought we figured this out, right? But that's because <laughs> I was relying on the same mentality, right? I sent back a text saying, works great for me. It's, you know, it's going to happen. Something like that. Probably about 15 minutes after I got the text. Yeah. But just assumed that you would get it. I mean, maybe that was your last text before you're spending the rest of the evening, you know, spending time in prayer or chatting with your spouse, and then you're going to go to bed. And my assumption is, oh, he'll, he'll get it. There's no problem. When really, if, if I'm honest with myself, I should have just called you and made sure that everything (laughs) was set, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this, this, you know, it's one of those, sort of assumptions that we make about each other. And this happens all the time in relationships, Mm -hmm. right? Even, I mean, I find this, you know, being married, like there's just just a set of like, Oh, well I assumed, well then I assumed, but then I assumed and it's like never assume, right? Because that lack of communication can really cause. And that all goes back to, I mean, just the expectations and the busyness, you know, that, that we create these expectations for each other. We create expectations for ourselves. Um, that all contribute to a culture and a mentality of busyness, of having to do things all the time. So what's the antidote for that? I mean, we, you know, we're in this culture. So uh, is there an antidote? How do, how do we live better? <laughs> yeah. Being, being in this whole world of craziness. I think you could ask anybody and they say, yeah, it's crazy. It's too much. I'm too busy. I got too much going on. I can't even think about this or that because there's just so much going on. Everybody thinks that way. How the heck do we fix that? Yeah, I think sometimes it's just putting the first things first. Mm. Uh, I, I had a really good friend in college, uh, Steve Serafin. Shout out to him if he ever listens to our podcast. Um, we were campus ministers together for a year where we lived in the dorms at the Catholic University of America, and we did some ministry to those in the dorm for the campus ministry program. And I remember chatting with him. He always seemed to have time to just hang out. And it was really valuable. You know, a lot of people that I talked to, they either had this club to be part of or they had this thing to go to in college. But he just, he seemed to be free to hang out more often than most. And, and he's, he's still, still at college. Right? Trying to get his degree. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, he actually, uh, I think he went, on, he went on to Notre Dame and got a master's there. So oh, he's, not bad. Yeah, he's, he's good. But I remember asking him about it. You know, what else do you do in your free time besides ministry and pursuing your theology degree? And he said, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, in college, like I was a very productive person. Um, that's this just, I'm, my personality is one that likes to have a lot to do and keep doing. And it just, it just kind of floored me when he said this. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, I, I have priorities. I, I make sure to do the ministry well. I do my studies and I spend time with my girlfriend, who's now his wife. I mean, they were very serious at that point. Um, and he was just like, those those are the essentials. Mm. And then, and that's why he had time to just hang out with me on occasion. Because he didn't have a million other things to go to and do. It was like, first things first. He picked the things that were valuable to him. Mm. And, and that just brings forth another example. My older sister, uh, shout out to Jenna if she's listening. She... She has limited time. She has three children and her husband, um, my brother-in-law is now in the military 
And so she has a lot of responsibilities in the home. And so she picks how many hobbies she's going to have. And those become her hobbies. And she puts aside everything else, right? <laughs> like I'm going to be reading because I love to read. And in my free time, I'm going to read and I'm going to take health seriously. And she does those things extremely well. Mm. Now, my personality is one who wants to have 10 hobbies and I don't do any of them, right? <laughs> like, like that busyness culture. So yeah. I think, I mean, that would be one argument that I would say is an antidote is first things first. What, what, what is a value? You know, and I think that starts with prayer. Mm. You know, to to yeah, put prayer the right and first. and I think you're you're kind of striking on something that uh, that's really important too is that that friend of yours in college was able to be present to others. Yes, and and I think that as long as we, uh, I forget some saint said this, I don't remember who, but it's like Satan wants to keep us in the past, dwelling on the past, like remembering all of that stuff and living in our memories, and he wants to keep us worried about the future. You know, mm-hmm. so he wants to keep us everywhere except right here in the present, um, and uh, and that's kind of a scary thought, you know. So this busyness culture—if we're always thinking about what's next, what do I have to do, what strategy do I have to create, you know, what's the next step on this on this uh, ten-point approach to accomplishing X goal—we're um, always looking towards something else, and then we miss what's right in front of me. Um, right in front of you you know it's just uh you look forward at this busyness and then if someone's in front of you or there's a need uh we just drive by it because our minds are consumed with something other than that present moment um and maybe even it's you know we sit quietly and we're thinking about the past and getting frustrated or holding on to something or even just you know kind of laughing through an old memory replaying it over and over well we missed that present moment where God could be telling us something different, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's this great beauty in you. We, every now and then you find some amazing human being who is just present yeah. like this roommate of yours. And it, it astounds you and it makes you ask questions. You know, why are you present to me right now? And there's no other worry on your mind. So it's seemingly, you know, you're just right here and you're enjoying this present moment. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. And I think... <sighs> I've found that the more I spend time in prayer, not necessarily length of time, but regular prayer, right? A a, a particular prayer, the habit of prayer, the more present I'm able to be. Mm. And I think from a spiritual level, that just makes sense, right? right? If God is in the present, if God is in the now, then the more that we pray, and communicate with God, the more we're going to be in the now. So spiritually, it makes sense. But I also think like practically too on a human level it makes sense because in prayer we kind of get the right perspective on things yeah and we realize that while that email or that text does need to be responded to it doesn't have to happen right now while i'm having a conversation with someone yeah that it can wait till after the conversation right right and how how do you go about uh kind of being the antidote to a, a, a culture of busyness, and that's kind of it. I mean, you're present, right? Mm-hmm. And so maybe that text message came, and it, it could be something that's urgent, um, but you see kind of a growing movement of people like I, I heard at uh, Christopher Newport University is the, um, for anybody listening who's not local, is a university that's uh, kind of within our parish boundaries. And uh, they've got this 
and I'm, I don't remember what they call it, but basically they have this movement on campus that when you walk through the campus, students, that they put their phones in their pockets. Like they don't, they don't walk with their phones out, you know? Hmm. And so they're trying to create a culture of, of human interaction. Um, it's pretty cool. One of their students told me about it. I was like, that's great. Wow. And so you kind of see this growing movement that, gosh, we're missing something because we're always somewhere else. Um, and so there's this like this yearning inside of us. It's like, be present, be present, you know? And so I think as, as like that, that college campus is a great example. People are putting down their phones. And so if I send a text to somebody, if I'm a college student, send a text to somebody there, uh, they're not going to respond right away because their phone's in their pocket. So that instant gratification starts to expand a little bit, you know? And and if you and I can are present to each other, and you know, as we've been talking, I've felt my phone vibrate a few times in my pockets. You know, it's uh, that's okay; it can wait. You mm-hmm. know, and so it's like if we can if we can all start to be more present to each other and less present to uh, the distraction, then I think that that starts to kind of slowly move out, and people become more okay with waiting <laughs> a yeah. little bit. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think the stress levels go down. I'm not a psychologist, but much of our stress just from personal experience is built on exactly what you said, concerns about the past mm. or concerns about the future. Yeah. Right. And so the more present that we are, the, the less stressed we are. And I mean, so much of if you read like a lot of stuff about um, psychology and mental health, it comes down to, you know, their their practices of awareness and such all have to do with bringing yourself to the present moment. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, think about like, of course, there's always all sorts of stories about life in the Gospels. Isn't that surprising? <laughs> um but one story about that where Jesus is just present to a present need, I think, is the uh, the woman with the hemorrhages. Mm. That, okay, here's this, like, here's this, I think the story is a child is dying. Somebody's child is dying. And so right. he starts walking, and he's like, okay, I'm going to go and try to save this person. Maybe it was Lazarus. Gosh, I need to read No, no, it was, it was it someone's child? child. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and so he's he's making his way. And this is this is important. You know, a child is dying. And so Jesus, like, he starts walking and making movements. And you can imagine if your child is dying and here's a man who can heal him, you want him to move. Like, let's get going because we've got a small amount of time before my child goes. Well, on the way, this woman comes up and grabs his cloak. And, you know, she's like, if I can even just touch him, then uh, I'll be healed. And she's healed. And what does Jesus do? He's got this really important mission. He becomes present to what just happened. Mm Mm-hmm. That somebody touched him and he stops and turns around and says, who touched me? Now, you can imagine like the parents of this child are like, come on, there's all sorts of people touching you. Come on, help my kid, help my kid. Right. But he's present to this other person's needs that has kind of triumphed the moment. And he addresses her and takes care of her rather than running off to his his other his other strategy, you know, because something else came up that's very important in that moment. And then, being God, of course, he goes, everybody's wailing, the child dies, but he goes up and brings the child to life. So he's never worried. You know, as the parents, everybody else is worried that something terrible is going to happen. Well, even if the terrible thing did happen, Christ redeems it and brings it back. You know? It's that presence that's so powerful and moving, I think. It is, and it happens all the time in the gospel. I mean, he turns towards situations, and... 
and is present to them. I mean, he's got his mission. He's got three years to get all this done. You know, <laughs> he don't have much time. That's right. You know, to to accomplish this, and yet he he takes time for each individual, and that's what's so very powerful yeah. about reading the gospels and really entering into the stories is because he's he really is present and takes time for everyone. Yeah, and and that getting you know the three years to get stuff done, what he had to get done was being present to people. <laughs> right, right, yeah, you yeah. Know, on was, his on his way to the cross, and it was that presence that just floored people. Like, gosh, he'd be teaching in a synagogue, and then some guy would get lowered through the roof, and then he like stops and addresses this need, this human being. Um, right, you know, I mean, just constantly. That's what he came to do was to be present to us human beings and die for us mm-hmm. and redeem us. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess rather than reject the busyness in, in a sense, just enter more into the present because the, the busyness will, will dissipate in that sense. Yeah. I mean, because we're going to realize what's most important and then, and then those things are going to be less important and maybe even just fall off our task list. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not speaking so much about responding to people that need to be responded to, but I'm talking more about the, well, I've got to make sure that I'm doing this, 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 you know, every single day. Well, maybe I can do that three times a week instead of five times a week. And it's just beautiful because I think uh, God loves when we're present um, because that's where reality is and that's where he is, um, that he takes care of the other things that come up. Yeah. You know, that it's like, okay, I've got all this busyness. I've found that many times. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then it's like, okay, but something else is pulling my attention right now. Like a human being needs my attention right now. So I'm going to have to put all those other things on hold. And somehow, like it, uh, the Holy Spirit just works it out that those things that were totally consuming me and, and I was worried about kind of come together in this beautiful way, not the way I planned, but they come together and a lot of times they're just taken care of. You know, right? Or it can kind of fall apart sometimes, and then God teaches me something through that, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but there's just—I mean, my, my one of my favorite saints, Saint Padre Pio, he always says, "Pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry mm-hmm. is useless." You know, it's just—it is. What the busyness and the worriness—it doesn't get us anywhere. Like Matthew Kelly said, it matters to just about no one. All these things, and we'll be totally forgotten. These little things that consume us, and we worry about every day. Right, and there's peace and presence. But and look at what is remembered about Mother Teresa or Saint John Paul II. People who encountered them said that they felt that they were the only ones in the room with that person that's in amazing. a large crowd of people. And if that's the mark that you're leaving, then that will be remembered a hundred years from now yeah. and beyond. Right? We're not going to forget Mother Teresa or Saint John Paul II. And it's and it's because they spent their lives truly being present. And I can guarantee you that St. John Paul II, when he was Pope, had more busy tasks that were far more important than any of mine. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, right. Exactly. If anyone could say that they had busyness to do it was those tasks two. to accomplish. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, this is great. Yeah, I think that uh, I love that nugget from Matthew Kelly. He's got a lot of really great stuff to kind of make you just think about and, and really push you towards being – uh, a better or the best version of yourself you know, right. being who God made you to be. It's really incredible. Well, so, I mean, is that, is that all we've got? Do we have any more tasks to this <laughs> podcast? <laughs> I don't think so. This is one of the things I love about the podcast though, is it's just being present, uh, to whoever's in the room and we just, we just talk. 
you yeah. know, and all the other tasks kind of disappear. So it is really beautiful. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no, I think that's it. I think we, I think we, we darn near solved the problem of busyness. Again. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Hey, if you liked the podcast, please do send us a, send us a, a review at our Gmail account, vichimundum1633 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you get a chance, just rate the podcast. Um, anything else, Austin? Well, I was going to say that there's, so we We've got somebody in Sweden who's been listening to us. We can kind of see where people are listening. So unless they've got something weird going on with their IP address, I'm really fascinated about who this like person in Sweden, how the heck did you find us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we don't have a huge number of listeners, but we can like, there's this map that shows up and says, you've got listeners from all these places. Most of them are in Newport News, but person in Sweden, shout out to you. That is crazy that that you're listening but yeah, anyway yeah. hope that this is helpful <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so I guess until next time Our Lady of Mount Carmel pray for us the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News Virginia or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond this podcast is presented to you by individuals who are not all necessarily experts in the field of discussion but are answering the call of the new evangelization and sharing their love of Christ with you God bless you <laughs>